Welcome back, everybody. This is a unique one. We are down in Mobile, Alabama. Today was the first day of the Senior Bowl. Croc and I were there, wherever Croc is. We're going to get to it. What was this practice like? How did it run? What stood out? Then prospects on both sides. Croc took some, I took some. We're going to give you all of our takes. This is going to be a lot of fun. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On <laughs> NFL Draft Show, live from the Senior Bowl, live from the Locked On Network home. Uh, just like yesterday, myself, Ryan Tracy, we're here at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL. We're here in the in the Senior Bowl home of the Locked On Network. I was just taking off my press pass right before the uh, show started, and we want to talk to you all a little bit about how everything's been going before we get into the prospects. Just the structure of things. This is my first time being at the Senior Bowl, and this is Ryan Tracy's, I believe, second time being here. The last time he was here, I was in middle school. So uh, <laughs> stop. That's, I only... <laughs> that's that's absolutely true, folks. I apologize. It's been 20 years since I was here. I was, I was here three years in the late 90s into 2000. So yes, you were probably still in diapers, bro. Yeah, the last time I was in, I was in middle school. So. Um, a lot has changed since then. We got Jim Nagy running it right now. He's doing an excellent job. Today we started off with a press conference, and we got to hear from a couple of prospects, one being Kenny Pickett, and I am so upset because I did not get a chance to ask him about the gloves that he wears. Everybody talked about the, the hand size and how his hands were super small, and he's like, well, it's not an issue. I was able to play in cold weather. And the question that popped in my head late at the press conference was, why do you wear gloves? It's Have you thought question. about that, or, and and is that something that's interesting to you? Because you don't really see it from quarterbacks, like and, and maybe when it's cold out, you see some guys throw a glove on or two. I think we saw that late from uh, Peyton Manning, but this is not a cold weather issue all the time with Kenny Pickett. He wore it indoors, he wore it outdoors, he mm -hmm. wore it sunshine, he wore it with long sleeves, no sleeves, all that stuff, and still had those gloves on. I did not get a chance to ask him that question. I would like to see you ask that. Uh, when you get another chance, because I'd like to hear the answer. Very interesting. I'm not worried about it at all, though. I got to tell you, and he came out to practice today uh, with the left non-throwing hand in a glove, but the right was bare when they started. Mm -hmm. Now, I think he eventually put it back on when it got to team, but in the individual drills, he was still barehanded there with the right, and I, I wonder if the teams don't have some of the same questions that you do. I wonder if that made him uh, take that glove off. So, you know, as Ryan said, we were at senior ball practice today, too. It was the first day. And there were some, I guess, some surprising things to kind of see. I I thought there would be a little bit more energy. They mm -hmm. had the music going. That part was cool. And it was cool to see everybody that was involved with the draft process and see our guy, Rob Rang. He'll be on with us tomorrow. But the energy on the field, I thought it would be a little bit more live. You know, I've been a part of practices, uh, NFL practices, collegiate practices. A lot of time, everybody, you know, you kind of have this bounce in your step. And the only player I really saw with any type of kind of swagger about himself out there and showed that level of confidence, maybe Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Maybe I noticed because that was a guy who was one of my focus players, and we'll get to him in the next uh, segment. But 
Uh, you know, his teammate was driving a little bit too. Like he was feeling a little bit. Uh, my J Sanders, who actually had a good day, we'll get to him later too. But yeah, like there was not a whole lot of like dancing in between reps. There was like a couple of guys got into it, but it felt very controlled, very tight, and and that's fine. This this is work. This shouldn't necessarily be something that you should be all loose goose about. But you do have to have that kind of controlled fluctuation where you're relaxed enough that you can really hit your best. And I think that was important too. So it was nice to see it from a couple of guys, at least getting into it, Cincinnati guys. So I'm going to ask you a question a little bit off the cusp. All right. We have our guys that we were focusing on going into it, but was there anyone that you weren't really expecting to watch or pay attention to? And all of a sudden said, you know what? This guy kind of, he's flashing a little bit. I, I like this guy. I don't know who he is. They have all different jersey numbers. You look at his helmet. Maybe I have to look at the roster and say, hey, this guy's kind of, he's kind of popping a little bit for me. You know what? It, it, Damon Clark was the guy for me because I was watching O-line, D-line today. That was my focus. But as he was going through, he did show up a couple of times. Uh, he and specifically Chad Muma as well stood out in a couple of the past specific reps. Um, David Clark coming downhill a little bit in the run session. So uh, in different ways, two of the linebackers stood out, you know, as they're filling in amongst the D-line. Yeah, and there was a corner for me. Uh, wasn't wasn't watching this guy. He wasn't one of my focus players, but his name is Damari Harris. Hold on, let me see. I have it written down right here. Yeah, Damari Mathis, excuse me, cornerback out of Pittsburgh. And mm. one of his former coaches reached out, uh, Coach uh, Marion. Brendan Marion now is the receiver coach and the offensive like analyst, I believe, for or office. What, what, I want to get his job right. Mm -hmm. we go. Pass game co coordinator at University of Texas now. Uh, Brendan Marion, a terrific coach. He was over at Pittsburgh, but he talked about Mathis and he was like, "Yeah, he loves to compete and work. Like that's what he loves doing." And and I saw that guy that really pop to me in coverage, uh, the way he was challenging receivers, especially in one on ones. Uh, I talked about there not being a whole lot of energy, but I thought he brought energy, especially on his reps. So shout out to Damari Mathis, a guy uh, from Pittsburgh that definitely was not on my radar. But now, you know, I'm looking to see more from him. Uh, yeah. Played on the outside. And, you know, those are the things that I, I think that's good about the senior bowl. We all have guys that we hear about. We all have guys that we're interested and intrigued to watch. But some, sometimes you have that kind of sleeper that nobody's really talking about and they do something to kind of jump out. Speaking of sleeping, was there one practice that you felt went smoother or better than the other? I thought the second one flowed a little better. Uh, now we the American team for the Detroit Lions? Yeah, the American team, uh, and that was the Detroit Lions. Towards the end of it, it's like, okay, we've been out here for like five hours now. So I think everybody was like, okay, I'm kind of ready to wrap this up and, and get ready to kind of record and, and, and put out our content, but – I thought that one flowed well, and I like how it ended with the three one-on-one reps. I found out that they go and they choose two kind of random guys that, you know, basically get the opportunity to uh, go and compete. And we saw them do kind of a half-line drill. It was one-on-ones. It was a defensive end against a tackle, and they went the best Frank Johnson three. against Kennard, I believe. All right, yeah. And and, and the, the, losing, the losing guy, his whole unit – had to do push-ups. So the defense had to do push-ups, even though I think they won, but I, I don't know how that was kind of missed. I thought the defense of him beat the tackle uh, more times than not, but that was something that, you know, kind of jumped out to me a little bit. I, I think it was two to one for the, the O on that one. That's why. 
Now nah, it was supposed to be two to one in favor of the defense. When he beat okay. him, first of all, the bull rush, the bull rush was great. He paid. <laughs> I mean, that was he destroyed. He he should have won all the reps just off of that one rep alone. And then the next <laughs> rep, he came and hit him with the spin move and tagged off on the quarterback. That should have been 2-0, and we're done. But obviously, just like offense, they scaled everything to them. To it's not fair. It's not fair. It's a hard life out there for defense and. It's a hard life for some people that are betting, but bet online, they're going to make it easy for you. All right. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. All right. As these football playoffs continue to march into the Super Bowl, baby, you got the Bengals against the LA Rams right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football, guys. All right. BetOnline has uh, up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Those in-game bets, trust me, I love those. Lifesavers, especially if you fall behind early, just kind of go in there, do a live bet, come up with some money. All right, don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that is available throughout the 2022 season. We're going here, man. Bet online where the games start. All right, now we're going to start talking about some prospects that we were kind of focused on. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor first and talk about defensive line. I focus more on uh, receivers, defensive backs. Tomorrow I'm switching my attention to some offensive linemen, tackles, uh, some running backs, guys in that range. But uh, today I did receivers and DBs, and you focus a little bit more on some interior, uh, uh, some guys in the trenches. Yeah, we're basically going to flip plurals tomorrow, and we'll see what we come out with. Um, got it's got early reps. Um, the gargantuan man, I mean, I, to call him um, a, a mountain-sized man is probably not enough. He's like, you know, like Kara Korm. He's like Anna Perna or something like that. Daniel Falalele, I thought, had rough times at, at points, also showed some of his, his strength. Uh, I thought that in the end it was an even match of what I've seen on film from him so far. We'll dig into more from that as well. A couple of guys got him in ways that I didn't expect. One being my Jay Sanders, who was a, a little bit thinner, a little bit undersized for what people are considering a, a true four-man front defensive end. But and real quick, played- that was something that you pointed out early, right? Uh, we mm-hmm. were standing next to each other, and I don't even think they had started the practice set. And you said, uh, you know the same thing about my Jay Sanders? <laughs> I was like, it's making it a little little, huh? You're like, not a little, little. like they're very little. I'm like, go ahead. But you know, the way that he plays, right? So he he had to play on the interior, right? Shaded inside a lot. And I thought when he started practicing, especially against the, the longer, stronger Falele, he in particular, I thought, stood out with the way that he used his extension and his power. He was able to shed off of that. And for a guy that is a little bit thinner, I thought his functional strength was certainly there. And it surprised me a little bit because that was the thing that I was most concerned about. Seeing him get out to the edge was certainly natural. You saw him dip and rip a little bit. He looked explosive. But that strength factor, I thought, was really one of the things I was concerned that he checked off the box for me. Yeah, you know, there were, there were some guys that kind of – I was focused on, and one was Roger McCrary, right? We've talked a lot about him, and we've talked about measurements and how those things might hurt him. You know, a guy that's 5'11", 186 pounds, so he's not the biggest of guys. And I know there are going to be those questions about if he could play outside, right? When you see somebody outside, especially with 29-inch arms, that, that, that arm length, that is not ideal. Teams want, I think the floor for arm length is probably like 31 inches, you know? I think there was a guy 30 inches, Damon Arnett. He was 30 inches last year, still went first round. Uh, before the Raiders had to kind of let him go. 
but most most of the time they are looking for guys with that those longer arms and McCrary just does not have it but I thought he looked tremendous today his movement skills were extremely fluid uh I thought he uh, did a good job challenging guys in press man especially in one-on-one so I think that's where people are like oh man it's gonna hurt him with pressing but it, it didn't look like an issue on film and it did not look like an issue today especially his first rep he read the guy down I was really upset that I didn't get that video uh recorded uh, yeah. tremendous job reading the receiver down breaking the ball up at the catch point the what two inch like less arms that they would ideally like was not an issue the movement skills were very fluid mm-hmm. uh and the one thing that was interesting to see was the first rep of team or seven on seven he was in the slot they had him lined up in the nickel and he played a lot of nickel today and later on in practice also saw him get some outside reps so that was something that was you know, kind of intriguing to me early on to kind of see how did they utilize him? You know, I was thinking slot. Once I saw his measurements, he played that. I thought he fit, fit in well, really on the outside and inside. I don't think it mattered. I think he's just a good football player. I was going to say that like, the fluidity makes up for that, right? Do you feel like movement skills inside where you have a two-way go all the time and you have to be a little bit more on your heels? It is about instincts and fluidity and being able to change directions, right? Right. No, 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 correct. I mean, that's a big part of it. And, you know, those things are, you know, things that he put on display. I've referenced the game against the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide a few times where he had to guard guys like Jameson Williams and and uh, John Mechie out there in space in the slot, uh, had to defend slot phase. Like, those things are difficult. And, you know, the way that he competed in that game, I felt like he was char- targeted like 12 times. Did not matter. He competed. Uh, he won a lot of reps. He lost some reps. But I thought from a prospect standpoint, everything that you're looking for from him that you want to see, he was able to put that on display. So there are going to be a ton of questions about his length. I thought if people wanted to go off of a piece of paper and what that looks like, then maybe they'll there will be a team that just forces him into the nickel, almost like they did today. But his skill set and his ability says that he's a guy that could play outside as well. And that's why you got to come down to Mobile and see it for yourself. <laughs> right. And, you know, I was looking at another guy real quick to stick with the corners, and then I'll kind of get to some of these receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodrich, a cornerback at Clemson. I thought he was strong. I was focused on him. He did a good job. Had a few reps. I was able to post on my Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. You can head over, to, over there and see some of the reps from these guys. Tremendous job uh, there from him. Also, um, the, the, the guy I really wanted to profile – Cornerback out of OBU, uh, Gregory Jr. Mm-hmm. Had a rough day a little bit. I was excited to see, like, hey, is he able to run with guys vertically? You know, uh, you know, is he going to be overmatched by Divi- uh, because he's not playing against Division II guys? Well, he went up a lot against FCS legend now because that's what he <laughs> is, and he kind of made his way. We're going to talk about him, uh, receiver out of North Dakota State. But I thought Gregory uh, Jr., that he kind of had a tough goal a little bit today. He got beat vertically down the field. I, I, he didn't look like somebody that was slow, but definitely there was something quite uh, missing there just a little bit with his ability to stay on top of receivers. Uh, he got kind of bodied at the catch point a couple times. I, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming day for him for a, a corner where I was trying to figure out why is he here? You know, we're talking about somebody who had one collegiate interception at the mm-hmm. Division two level. His size is there. 5'11 is some change, 200 pounds that he measured in that. But thought he just lacked a little bit of vertical speed. And this might be somebody who, as the week goes on, they want to put a little bit more in the nickel spot as well. He might profile a little bit better there. 
Yeah, I, I think we need to hear more from him. I need to hear more from you about that. I also need to go over some of the guys that stood out on the defensive line as well and a couple of offensive linemen too. But I, I think we got plenty to talk about. What else we got going on with you? Well, what we got going on is we're going to talk about Bill Bar. All right, and, you know, it's a new year, so that means there's, you know, New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include a Bill Bar into your plan. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, sometimes even better than the candy bar. All right, Bill Bar, they make it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, and you're going to want to eat it, unlike these, you know, other protein bars, chalky, waxy, tastes like chemical pills. All right, uh, you want something that's healthy, but it doesn't get boring. You need to get a built bar because we know by like week three of your uh, diet that you're on and trying to eat healthy, at some point you're going to say, man, this is not worth it. Where is my chocolate? Well, I'm going to tell you where the chocolate is. It's that built bar and it's covered with 100% real chocolate. All right. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's the best part about it. All right. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about, well, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. It's not good for you. And if you're looking for another really good idea, go to all your secret stash areas. All right. With all those bad calorie filled treats, go to your, your purse, your, your desk, your, wherever it is, your car, empty out all those bad treats, throw them away and replace those with a built bar. All right. And there's so many flavors to choose from. You have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, you got raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built Bar, they're always coming out with new limited time flavors. So you got to check back at built.com early and often. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. All right. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Ryan, getting down to it, man. And uh, there were definitely some more prospects that we uh, were zoning in on. And one of my guys was Christian Watson. I really wanted to uh, compare Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Those were the two guys that I was watching today. Christian Watson from North Dakota State, Romeo Dubs from University of Nevada. And I saw this crazy stat online today on Twitter. Romeo Dubs had the fastest miles per hour uh, track today in practice. It was over 21 miles an hour. And that's wild because I did not see that while I was watching him. There were a couple times where I thought he kind of, you know, had a step on defenders late. He had a nice contested catch down the sideline. But I thought he was a little lethargic in some of his movement skills. I thought he'd be a little bit more explosive in and out of cuts. uh, During little, you know, individual drills, I was watching everything. I'm watching him in the box drill. Not bad. Could be a little bit more fluid. Dropped a couple of passes, dropped a punt return when they had them back there returning punts. Uh, not ideal from that standpoint, but overall, I did not think he was bad. I just thought would have liked to see a little bit more explosiveness, which I did see from Christian Watson, receiver out of North Dakota State. He was very smooth. He got in and out of his breaks well. He's the biggest of the receivers, 6'4", 211 pounds. He was fluid. I thought he won on uh, – he did a really good job can, uh, really, you know, comp- changing his body and being able to adjust to a back shoulder throw. Terrific job there. Uh, one on in-breaking routes, got off press effortlessly. Uh, you know, as Romeo does, I saw him kind of get pressed up a couple times and, and lose at the contact point. I just thought between the two, and I was really focused on those two guys, I thought uh, Christian Watson at North Dakota State, he had the better day. And also in team, had a nice catch over the middle, looked fluid, 
And at the end of practice, he had one on a big post route where he was outrunning two guys, but the ball was kind of underthrown. He got caught in the wind. Not ideal for him. Uh, another guy that stood out from that practice, I was not focused on him, but Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati. He showed a lot more twitch than I was expecting to see. So I'm getting on top of some defensive backs, went vertically. That was great to see. And I think the guy, if I had to say one guy that kind of won the day for all the receivers, it was uh, Calvin Austin out of Memphis. I, I have some clips of him. He won at every which way that you can, whether it was vertically pushing routes, running goal routes, running right by guys, slant routes. He had a guy speed turn at the line of scrimmage on one rep. And if you see a guy speed turn at the line of scrimmage, that means one of two things. One, he lost his leverage. Two, he was scared. Or three, mm -hmm. he lost his leverage because he was scared. All right? So I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but the way that Austin, uh, Cal uh, uh, Calvin Austin was whooping guys, I think maybe it was the third one. Uh, but, you know, those are some of the guys that kind of stood out to me for receivers. I know you want to get into some of the defense alignment that you saw today. Absolutely. I think the guy that had the biggest day was Jermaine Johnson. Uh, he showed power. He showed all kinds of extension. He was able to shed when needed. I thought versus in the run period, I thought that he looked like he knew where he was going. He was closing down when needed. Uh, backside pursuit was there. He had a really nice play on one rep where he came all the way down the line of scrimmage to the far tackle to make that. Uh, he also had to power through a little bit, had an ankle injury early, had to go in, get spatted, and come back out. Uh, and he was the guy who had the last one-on-ones there at the end, tail end of practice. And I, that might have been Trevor Penning. I, I'm, I can't remember who the tackle was that he was going against. But uh, very, very good day for him, I thought, especially after a, a little bit of a minor injury. Um, continuing on, I thought Malone uh, really showed up. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, and Barre, I thought – uh, used his length well, had a nice swim move at one time, but wasn't necessarily the dominant force that I was hoping he was going to be with that length as his weapon of choice. Um, let's see. Wyatt looked good inside. I thought that he showed you everything you've seen on film. Maybe not quite uh, the one-on-one -on -one, uh, expertise that you want, but when they got him a team, he was certainly a force inside, and I, I thought that showed up well. On the offensive line side, um, the real deal is Zion Johnson. His core strength, his ability to bend, not break, and hit that anchor was really impressive today. He had a couple of nice bull rushes. He was able to stave off. and He's going to be in a, in a better position tomorrow than he was today coming into this. And shout-out to Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga. I thought he looked pretty good inside as well. Um, I think we talked about Muma and Clark, uh, the linebackers, and I do want to say this because everybody would be upset if I didn't. Um, Bailey Zappi was zippy today. Real quick, and we weren't focusing on the quarterbacks, but before we get out of here, I know a lot of people want to know about those guys. Mm -hmm. Which quarterback, and, you know, we watched both practices, the national team and the American team, which quarterback kind of stood out the most to you? I think clearly, like, the most steady presence was Pickett. I felt like the guy that I came up with more questions than I saw earlier was probably Carson Strong. Um, best throw of the day that I saw was a little break the pocket and kind of wing it from Willis. And, yeah. and I thought, again, a nice steady get the ball out. Uh, again, what we've seen on tape from Zappi was was processing in ball delivery. Yeah. And Malik Willis, he had some throws today, man. He had one fade ball. I mean, just you can't throw a better fade ball than what I saw him do earlier. Drop it right over the outside shoulder of the receiver away from the cornerback. Couldn't get there. Had a nice drive throw over the middle in team. Also, one play where he got on the move, and I thought he did a really good job of finding receivers in soft spots. I thought Malik Willis, 
I, I thought he did extremely well today. But we're going to see if those guys can be consistent and do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to bring really a whole new slew of prospects to you guys that we'll be watching and focusing on. We might touch back on, on some of these guys to see if they continue having good days. But I know definitely diving into more prospects. There's a bunch of guys here at the Senior Bowl, a bunch of really good prospects. We're going to get to all those guys and more right here. So from Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, make sure you follow me so you can find some of these clips that I've been posting. Ryan Tracy at Ryan Tracy NFL. Also find his work on Rogue, Rogue Analytics. But uh, we want to thank you for making us your first listener of the day. And after you listen to this, listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and Brian Peacock. And also listen to Locked On Chiefs with Ryan Tracy. But that's going to do for this episode of Locked On Draft. We are out. Peace.